Well, awesome. Hey, we're going to start a brand new series today called Zoomed Out and uh, talk a little bit about Zoom groups. I'm sure if you are anybody who's uh, connected right now in, in the world with everything that's been going on, you have probably been on one and or maybe more Zoom groups. So maybe you're feeling a little bit done with it. I've heard some people say, I'm just done, you know, being on these calls, but, but I'm excited and, and thankful that we have this opportunity to connect in that way and to use that technology. I've been using that to connect with pastors over the past uh, few years for coaching and, and equipping, and, and it's a really neat thing. But, but maybe you're feeling a little bit like, I, re- I need to get off here. I need to get a little zoomed out. But what I really want to talk about with this series being zoomed out is that it's so easy for us to get down into the details and the mundane or the circumstances of life and lose sight of the big picture of what God is doing not just in your life, but in the world, and lose sight of the big picture of what God is doing in history. You know, one of the most, I think, uh, fruitful uh, pursuits academically that a a follower of Jesus can take is to go back through church history and see the progression and study and see what God's been up to and how different historical events and things that happened in movements affected the gospel and how much light was available in the world, but how God preserved it. And then you see all the things that happened throughout history, and it's so encouraging and incredible and the, the, even the emergence of the charismatic movement in the 1900s, and you're going, oh my gosh, are we going to have a history lesson? No, I'm just saying, when you go back and you see the big picture, when you kind of see the progression and the movement of God, you realize that whether or not you skinned your knee on Friday isn't maybe the biggest deal in the whole big picture of things. And so getting this big picture of what God is up to in your life, but also in the world and in the church and what God is doing, you see, when we find Uh, When we get a picture and a a sense and a sight of what God is doing in the world, it helps us find our place and really our problems kind of get diminished and what our purpose is really gets elevated. And so this series is going to be about getting sight of God's perspective, catching a higher vision for your life, catching a bigger vision for what God is doing and what he can do through your life, what he wants to do through your life based on what he's doing in the world and what he's doing throughout history. So I'm excited. It's kind of a big uh, out, out, you know, big outtaking for us, uh, undertaking to, to go for this and talk about this. But I believe it's going to encourage your faith, expand your, your insight and your vision. Have you ever heard this phrase, can't see the forest for the trees, right? Can't see the forest for the trees. Now, those of you that know me, I try to avoid being in trees uh, or in the forest. I try to stay in the concrete jungles uh, and not so much in the actual jungles. But I actually do enjoy the odd hike here and there. I do enjoy being out in nature. And I've been taking regular walks over the past few weeks out in my neighborhood. And there are trees there. So from not personal experience, but from what I've heard, when you get out into the deep woods, you know, you're not really seeing uh, the whole forest. You, you, you might recognize I'm in a forest, but you're, you're so caught up in the, in the immediate, right, in the imminent that you miss the transcendent. But we know that even if you can only see the trees, right, that there is this whole forest. Now, uh, going against what I just said, Bethany and I recently took a trip to the California Redwoods, and it was incredible being there and seeing these absolutely breathtaking, amazing trees. And what's even more startling and striking about it is that though you see these magnificent giants, these redwood trees uh, and these sequoias, I mean, these amazing trees, uh, that, that there's not just one tree or two or three, but there's groves, there's forests, and there's more going on. And so this is often how we live our lives, is that we get caught up in the details and we go, man, my job, this is what happened in my job. This is what is going on in my life, my marriage. We're going through this. My kids are doing this. My kids are flooding our bathroom 
after breaking their elbow in quarantine. I don't know who that happened to, but I'm just saying from personal experience. It happened to us. Okay, so you get caught up in the everyday details of life, and it's easy to lose sight of the bigger picture, both for yourself and what God's doing in the world. You can't see the forest for the trees. And then it can also happen in problems and circumstances where you get so caught up in everything that's wrong that it feels like the whole world is closing in, but you got to recognize, no, you might be going through the valley, but your neighbor might be on the mountaintop, right? And that's what we don't like, right? We just always want to be on the mountain and console those who are in the valley. Oh, dear, dear, it's all going to turn out all right. When God closes a door, he opens a window. Please don't say that to anybody in the valley, right? When they're struggling and they're suffering, we are, you might be going through the valley of the shadow of death and somebody else is dancing in joy uh, because of what's going on in their life. And again, don't miss the forest for the trees. There's a scripture that says, this too shall pass. You're having the best year of your life, this too shall pass. You're having the worst year, this too shall pass. Don't miss the forest for the trees. And so I want to talk today about the, the lost art of zooming out. And, and specifically, I want to talk about how we can spiritually get, get a get sight of what God is doing and get a higher vision and a bigger perspective, a different perspective. So I want to teach you today practically the lost art of zooming out. Now, why do I call it the lost art? Because I believe that today in 2020 and the busyness and the noisiness of this world, that so much of what God wants to do by getting us up into flying the friendly skies above it all, able to see his bigger picture, it gets drowned out by the constant buzz and noise and 24-hour news cycle. And we have social media. Now we don't just have one type of social media. There's five or six or seven different ones that people are connected with and you're getting emails and it's busy and you're on Zoom meetings and there's all these problems and and everything's going on. But I want to tell you there is this lost art. There is this ability for a follower of Jesus to say, you know what? I'm going to disconnect from the now, from the imminent, and I'm going to step into this transcendent realm of the spirit and get prophetic vision, vision above and beyond the mountaintops, because maybe I can't see the future. I can't see what's going to happen, but I serve a God who sees the end from the beginning. And when I get connected into his spirit, come on, I'm preaching good right now. And I know you're amening right now through the live stream. I can't hear you, but I can feel it. That if I can connect with the spirit of God, I can get a higher vision and a higher perspective for my life. And let me just tell you, when you see the long term and you begin to get connected with what God wants to do big picture in the world and in your life, it'll stop you from a lot of short-term stupid that has a lot of long-term expense. Come on, somebody. Because when we don't learn how to zoom out, we get so focused on the now, we become very short-term minded, very short-term thinking, and we make dumb mistakes or make decisions out of emotion and pain and, and whatever, and we're not connecting with what God wants to do. I mean, all you have to do is read through the Bible to recognize that there were many people in the Bible that went through short-term or even quote-unquote longer-term experiences that weren't fun, that weren't good, that were uncomfortable, they didn't like it, and God was in it. God had purpose in it. With Joseph, when he was in prison, when he was in a pit, when he was in, with, uh, in Potiphar's house, every place he was started with P, right? The prison, the pit, Potiphar's house. And then he talked to Pharaoh, right? And he became the preeminent man in Egypt. There you go. How, how do you like that? But in that situation for Joseph, at any moment, he could have gone, man, it's short term. This is so bad. I'm going to give up. Everything sucks right now. But you know what? He continued to believe that God had higher purpose because he was able to zoom out. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. The lost art of zooming out, connecting with what God wants to do. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. 
they will soar high on wings like eagles. That's the part I want to focus in on. That waiting on the Lord, this lost art of zooming out, how would, it, how would it feel, what would it be like for you in your life to have this ability to just spread your wings and fly? Many years ago, I was a, a music pastor down in Medford at our mother church, Joy Medford, and, and we had a song called uh, I came, Into You, and that it was a song where we talked about falling into you. There was this bridge that we sang in this song where we talked about fly away, fly away, and my dad loved that song, and, and he would always say, play it into you. You know, we had to play it. It was like, it was like uh, free bird, play free bird. You know, that was our free bird. We had to play that song hundreds of times, you know, after sermons and all these kind of things. But it, it resonated with people because, or at least with him, it resonated because it was talking about flying away, getting into the Spirit of God, and getting above the fray, getting above the noise, zooming out, getting a higher vision, a higher perspective. You will soar, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So let's talk about the lost art of zooming out. In Old Testament times, the nation of Israel was often at war with a nation, uh, the nation of Syria. Uh, and it was uh, to the north of Syria, or I'm sorry, to the north of Israel, this, this nation of Syria. And they were often fighting. So the king of Damascus, the king of Israel, they were always in conflict. And one of the seasons of conflict and wars that were going on, every time the king of Syria would have a battle plan, a strategy, what would happen is Elisha the prophet in Israel would receive this zoomed out, right, this prophetic insight, God giving him uh, prophetic wisdom and knowledge about the movements of the troops and the plans and the strategies of the Syrian army. And the king of Israel would then adapt, Elisha would tell him they would adapt and they would always thwart the plans of the enemy. And so the king of Syria, of course, gets very frustrated by this and says, there must be a spy. Who is telling Israel everything we do in our secret council? And, and the king of Syria's generals and advisors, they said, actually, everybody's loyal to you. Nobody wanted to get beheaded, right? We're all loyal to you, king. We think you're the greatest king. You know, here's what's actually happening. There's a prophet of God in Israel. His name is Elisha. And God is speaking to him what we say in secret. God gives it to him and he tells the king of Israel. So the king of Syria, of course, being a a good king and a military strategist, he says, we have to go into counterintelligence here. So we're going to send an entire army to capture the asset of Israel, this prophet of God. We've got to get this guy. So they send an entire army to the city of, of, I believe it was Dothan, where Elisha was at. And this is where we pick up in this story. And this is all going to make sense. So I'm telling you this for a reason. It says in in, uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14, so one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city because he has to capture this guy who's, who's giving this insight to the king of Israel. And when the servant of the man of God, this is Elisha's servant, he got up the early next morning and he went outside. There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere, okay? Now, that's a bad situation. Nobody wants to wake up in the morning and walk out of their house and you're absolutely surrounded by enemies. Now, I don't know how you, your relationship with your neighbors, maybe this is your life, right? You feel like this. I walked out and I'm always surrounded If you have small kids, you have the same experience. Oftentimes, I wake up in the morning and there's children there, just like little ghost scary kids, like staring at us. It's it's terrifying. Parents understand this. So he comes out and there's enemies all around, surrounding. And so it says, he he, he, uh, goes outside and he says, Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. In verse 16, Elisha says, Don't be afraid. For there are more on our side than on theirs. And the young man's like, okay, 
<laughs> Where, right? There's nobody here. How many of you have like more spiritual friends and they're like, God's got it. You know what I mean? I'm a pastor and there's people in our church that are far more spiritual than me. And I'm like freaking out. We're surrounded. And people like Tamara Blondie, she's like, God's got it. Where are you at, Tamara? You know, God's got it. I'm like, Tamara, who do you see that I don't see, right? Uh, there's people that are more spiritual and, and you go, okay, I don't see the answer. I, what, what do you mean there's more on our side than on theirs? Now listen to these three words right here. Verse 17, then Elisha prayed. Then Elisha prayed. Mark that in your spirit. Mark it in your, in your mind right now. Then Elisha prayed. This is what he prayed. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. This is a prayer that we should all pray for ourselves, for others, for our nation, for our president, for our governor, for our city officials, for our spouse, for our children, for our friends, for ourselves. Oh God, oh Lord, let me see, let them see, open our eyes, give us perspective, help us to zoom out. He says, oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And it says, the Lord opened the young man's eyes. Okay, he wasn't sitting there going, you can't see me. You know, he, wasn't, he didn't have his eyes closed. His eyes were open. But there's another level of eyes being opened, a zoomed out level that God could open up in this young man. And Elisha knew that. Let me just tell you right now, when people in your world are not doing what you think they should be doing, don't go fight that person because they don't see what you see. You see what I'm saying? There's another level oftentimes of vision, of insight, of of understanding, and many times we want to come, come into you know, combat with people, and we're going to talk about this later, but you want to fight people in the flesh, and what needs to happen is a spiritual awakening. Come on, somebody, that's good right now. It says, the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. There was something going on above the trees, and when he got lifted up and he could see when his eyes were open and he zoomed out, there was actually a provision of warfare that God was there. Elisha was not nervous because he could see that the size of the problem was far below the size of the solution. Now, I want you to listen, listen in here. Anyone can see the problem. Right now, everybody is screaming about problems. Our nation this, this person that, these people, that person this, that. Everybody can see the problem. You're not a genius because you can see that we're surrounded by horses and chariots. What we need now are not people that just see problems. What we need now are people that see solutions. We need people that get prophetic wisdom from God to look above the now and see the next and see the future that God envisions for this planet. We need people to rise above and see not just the problem, but see the solutions. Anybody can see the problem. It takes heavenly vision to see the solution. It takes prayer to open eyes to be unlocked. Now listen, there are always two perspectives. There are always uh, levels of understanding and insight that we need to get zoomed out to see. There is your perspective and there's God's perspective, right? Perspective means a different uh, viewpoint, a perspective. Like if you go to the base of uh, Spencer's Butte, you have a perspective of the city. But if you go to the peak of the Butte, right? then you have a different perspective. And so we always have our perspective and maybe what you see is accurate to your perspective, but there's another perspective, which is the, the bird's eye view, the God's eye view of the same situation and it's different and it will cause you to act differently. There is an earthly perspective of circumstances, situations, your life, and there is a heavenly perspective, okay? 
There is a natural perspective, but there is also a supernatural perspective. And we need to be aware of that because if we don't recognize that there are multiple levels of understanding, multiple levels of perspective in life, we get too locked into the, for- to the trees and we miss the forest of what God wants to do. And so we see a secret here. Those three words that I told you to mark says, then Elisha prayed. Okay, the power of prayer is not, you don't pray for God. You pray for you. God loves to be with us. He loves, you know, us to be connected with him, but we don't pray to like make God, you know, not hurt God's feelings. We pray so that we can connect with him. It's our relationship with God and prayer is this gateway. It allows us to see God's perspective. Just like in this prayer, when Elisha prays for the young man, this is what happened. Prayer unlocks vision. Prayer unlocks heavenly perspective. Prayer unlocks God's perspective. Prayer gets you up to the fly in the friendly skies to elevate, to get above it all, the weight upon the Lord. Our strength is renewed and we soar like on the wings of eagles. Prayer unlocks vision. So how do you zoom out of worry, anxiety, anger, fear, all these types of things? We pray. It's not just a cutesy Christian thing. Oh, pray about it, brother. No. Prayer, real prayer is saying, God, open my eyes. I see the chariots around us, the army, the the anger, the injustice. I see the problem, but now show me the solution. Show me the supernatural perspective. Show me heaven's vision of our planet. Show me your vision of this planet. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. In the message paraphrase, it says it this way. It says, God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people, sorry, my iPad is doing something weird here. I lost my notes. Let me figure this out. I'm having a, I'm having a, a senior moment, guys. <laughs> okay, there we go. I figured it out. Technology was uh, messing with me here. For even young people tire and drop out, young folk in their prime stumble and fall, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. How do we get there? Okay, let's go through three steps, the lost art of zooming out. Number one, and I've talked about this a lot, so I won't go into great detail, but we have to recognize there's more to reality than meets the eye. There's more to reality than meets the eye. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul is writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. He says, look, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. You see, it's always easy to go, well, it's, this is the person, this is the problem, it's this neighbor, it's this person. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Listen, we have been conditioned because of our, the, the wave of our cultural understanding. Most of us have been indoctrinated, propagandized, to believe in what is called naturalism, we tend to always think the world is just this natural system, architectured, and we completely ignore the supernatural world, the spiritual world that is operating above and beyond transcendently, but interconnected and influences impacts. It might even be uh, actually more powerful than the world that we see, but we've been conditioned that all we are is time plus slime plus chance, that all, that like Carl Sagan said, uh, you know, the cosmos is all there, there was, is, and ever will be. And so we ignore the spiritual reality. And anytime somebody talks about the spiritual world, it's kind of like kooky, it belongs on coast to coast AM, or that crazy guy with hair on ancient aliens. Like we put it in that same category. 
It's Santa Claus, you know, demons, and the Easter Bunny. Like, it's all in fantasy realm. Well, actually, that's not the case. In fact, it's a very, uh, it's a very academic position, and it's a very, uh, you know, time-tested and proven position to actually believe that there is a natural world, but also a supernatural world. And they're interconnected. And so there is a spiritual battle. There is a conflict. There are forces at work outside of what we can see and observe there is more to reality than meets the eye. And you need to recognize that because otherwise you're missing some of the data that goes into how we make decisions and missing some of what actually helps us to make proper assessment and decision-making about what is going on in our life. You might not see the problem or you might not see the solution. In other words, there's a lot of things in life that people go, this is a natural problem, it's this, it's this. Actually, it is the unseen realm that is impacting the seen realm. Or there are things happening in the seen realm um, impacting the unseen realm. And we need to be aware of that, that there is this entire spiritual world. Now, I'm not saying go find a demon behind every problem or go say, oh, an angel, you know, saved me because I saved $4.19 on my taxes this year. You know, I got to the front of the line at Little Caesars. It's Jesus. No, maybe not. But the reality is when there is a spiritual world, we can take this into account, right? We can, we can understand that there is more to reality than meets the eye. And, and how do we connect with this? That's where we got to zoom out. We zoom out and go, okay, let me see what's going on here. Lord, is there more to this than meets the eye? I'm going through this issue. This is a problem. I feel I'm sick. This is what's happening. Is it because of the natural world or the supernatural world? Which one? How are they, how are they coming together? And be aware of that, okay? So that's number one. When we're talking about how do we zoom out, we have to be aware that there is a spiritual world. And this, is, this should not be shocking to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, I'm not talking about mumbo jumbo. God is a spirit. Okay, there's a spiritual world. The, a lot of the things we believe in, that we talk about, that we exercise on a daily basis are supernatural or spiritual things. Again, you're being, we, we get very colored by our culture. We get very influenced by how we're educated and all of that. And our worldview gets sort of skewed to ignore a lot of what is actually at work in the world. Okay. So that's number one, recognize, I, two, but it's one, recognize there's more to reality than meets the eye. Number two, pray, pray. The lost art of zooming out, pray. Prayer is simply communication with God, which is both speaking and listening. Some people need to really work on that second one, right? <laughs> listening. If you're one of those people that pins people to the wall and tells them your life story, uh, don't be that person. Like, say something, and then wait for the person's response, right? Speak and listen. That's a life lesson for you. Uh, in Jesus' name. Okay, speaking and listening. You can speak to God and unburden your heart and tell him what you're going through and confess your sin and worship him and do all the things you need to do. But listen to God because he has fresh perspective. Get that heavenly vision. I want to ask you this provocative question. What if we became more active in prayer and more passive in our own strength. What if a lot of the things going on in life are literally a matter of prayer to give it to God, lift up your burdens to him? And you could actually do a lot less, work a lot less hard, not strive and strain and stress, but actually give it to God and trust in him through prayer. Novel thought, right? What did Jesus do? Luke 5.16 tells us Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So you can have a theological case here for camping. Guys that want to go elk hunting, hey, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness. 
Yeah, but for prayer, not necessarily for killing animals. So you have to work on that. But all jokes aside, Jesus would get out of the fray, get out of the noise, get to a place where he could get quiet before God and pray. And this is part of the lost art of zooming out is a prayer life, a real prayer life. Again, it's just simply speaking and listening to God, communicating with God. Number three, and I want to land the plane on this one, is that we need to learn how to wait on the Lord. The lost art of zooming out is all about waiting on the Lord. And we read that scripture, Isaiah 40, where it says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Uh, They will soar high on wings. Um, It says it in a different uh, translation. It talks about it talks about uh, those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait upon God get fresh strength. And this word in the original language is this word wait. Now, I've heard different preachers preach on the word wait and talk about waiting on the Lord. is about being patient and you're just sitting there kind of passively waiting on God. But actually, waiting is, is a different connotation. When you go into the Hebrew, what this word waiting actually means is it means lying in wait for ready to pounce, ready to ambush. Okay, so think about that. I am waiting uh, to, to capture, uh, to, to arrest, to jump upon, to, to get a hold of God as he passes by. And so the sense of this word waiting upon the Lord is this complete conviction that God is on the move and you are waiting for him to pass by you to leap into action. Now, I want you to think about how different that is. It's not this passive, I'm waiting on the Lord but I'm really on my phone, on Twitter. No, it's actually you actively engaging in this this observation of when is God going to pass by so I can jump into this moment and capture uh, what he's doing, okay? It's a very different type of a thing. You fully have an expectation. Again, there's this supreme conviction, God is on the move. I expect him to move in my life, and I'm waiting for that that active moment. I'm ready to pounce. Now, in our house right now, with the kids, they love to ambush us. And the person they most ambush is grandma. So grandma comes down, you know, in the morning, she's coming down and Jack especially loves to be hiding behind a corner. And he's fully aware of the movements of grandma. And as she comes around the corner, he leaps into action and scares her. And we hear the, ah, 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 you know, and so that's how it goes in our house. We have all this ambushing and it's actually a perfect picture of what it means to wait on the Lord. And so I want you to think about yourself as goofy as that may seem, but in your prayer life, You're not sort of sitting there bored, like, is God going to show up? You know God's showing up. He's coming today. He's going to be here. I don't know exactly how, when, where, what pathway he's coming, but I'm waiting to capture this moment. I'm waiting upon the Lord. And it's in that where you find fresh strength, because even in the pursuit is where the passion is generated and the Spirit of God gets activated inside of you. We need some people who are more active in their waiting upon the Lord. Come on, that we expect God as a Christian, we should always be like, hey, we don't know how, when, where, who, the way it's going to come, who's going to bring the word, but I know God's going to show up in this situation, and I'm waiting actively with anticipation. I'm ready to ambush. I'm ready to, to jump upon. Wait on the Lord. So this lost art of zooming out, getting above the fray, flying the friendly sky, soaring upon wings like eagles. We recognize there's more to reality than meets the eye. There are more with us than are against us. Elisha says, look, Lord, open his eyes. Show him what's actually going on. Number two, we need to have a prayer life. Just like Jesus, often we withdraw. We go to the place of prayer. Lord, I'm I'm here. I'm in the place of prayer. I want to know your perspective on what's going on. Before I jump in and let everybody know what's up, I'm going to actually find out what's up and get connected and, and get God's heart on things. And this is so good for so many things. 
And then three, we need to wait upon the Lord. That is the lost art of zooming out. Apply that in your life. And I know God's going to bring a great blessing for you. Now, as we get ready to close, I want to invite you, if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus, really the number one thing of zooming out and getting connected with God is to put your faith and trust in Jesus. And so there's a zooming out that takes place there. It's to look at your sin and recognize it. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm, I don't deserve the grace of God. But then to zoom out and recognize that Jesus died for you on the cross and that he provided a way for you to have this undeserved grace to be reunited with God, reconciled. He wants to forgive you. He, God loves you. He wants to bring you into his family. So if that's you today and you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus, let's just pray this prayer together and we'll give you a next step in just a minute. Father, confess my sin to you. I know that I've not lived up to your standard, but I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where Jesus gave his life for me, and paid for my sins, paid for all of my trespasses and iniquities and made a way for me to be right with you. So Lord, I receive that today by faith. And I put my trust and faith in your righteousness, not my own. I give you my life and I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, I want to encourage you to take a simple step of faith. And I don't want you to ignore this. I don't want you to put it off. I want you to do it now because it's meaningful to recognize and respond to what God is doing and has done in your life, even in this moment. And so I want to ask you to do this simple thing, which is to just simply text the word DECIDED. Just text the word DECIDED to 541-229-8848. And all we're going to do is send you some information and help you get connected with Joy Church, help you get connected to the family, and just talk about what is going on in your life when you give your life to Jesus. Help you take those next steps as a follower of Jesus. So I want to encourage you to do that again. Text the word DECIDED to 541-229-8848. Now, if you're watching this on replay, you can still do that, and we'll get that information, and we'll get connected with you, okay? So I want to encourage you to do that. For uh, anyone that wants to get more connected with Joy Church, we would love to get connected with you. This is a great church family. God's doing so many wonderful things and uh, in our city and around the world through us as a, as a church community. If you'd like to get more information and get connected, just text the word HOME to that same number, 541-229-8848. All right, guys, we're going to watch a quick video about how to jump into our connect groups. Let's go jump in there and participate and talk about this message. And uh, I love you guys. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.